Hi, and welcome to today's SME Business Podcast. Your host, Mark, will be joining you to interview a founder of an SME business each week, highlighting lessons learned and revealing insights. Listen and learn each week on how to get and stay ahead. Hi, dear listeners. Thank you for tuning in for the next episode of the SME Business Podcast. Today, we're joined by Zita McMillan from Predictive Black. She's also Enterprise Advisor at the Royal Grammar School in High Wycombe. And she's also a non-executive director at Zopa, a peer-to-peer financial lender. Welcome to the show, Zita. Thank you, Mark. Glad to be here. Um, so, yeah, to, just to um, get our listeners to learn a bit more about you and, 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 and uh, how you, you know, where you are and uh, where you're going. Uh, can you tell me a bit more about yourself and how you got into entrepreneurship? Absolutely. So I think I'm on my fourth career now, just to give all your listeners hope that if you find yourself in a career that, you know, you decide isn't for you, there's always options out there. So this is the first, my first time as an entrepreneur. I have been uh, in government communications for a huge government department. I've been a regulator. I had a great job very, very early on, which was the probably the most popular job I was in advertising, making commercials, which was definitely the most popular dinner party job I ever had. Um, and I worked in consumer finance uh, across Europe. So I've done a number of really varied things. And then sort of towards the end of 2018, early 2019, decided with a former colleague of mine and another chap that we would start our own business and looked at the various different things that we wanted to do and kind of really focused on the things that interested us, which included how do you make the most of big data? What do you do with it? How do you bring um, all the latest technologies like machine learning to the fore and, and use that? And what could we do to support SMEs? Because the three of us were surrounded by SMEs in our lives. So how might we put all of that to good use for SMEs? And here we are. Yeah, it sounds like a like a great path already. Um, very impressive. And I can imagine like talking, you know, the whole marketing and, 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 and ads. Uh, get, it's really popular. Um, a lot more popular than, you know, going to people and say, hey, you know, you need to use two-factor authentication. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I know. Like everybody wants to be like, oh, yeah, what do you what think about that new ad from uh, Heineken? Uh, or I don't know, um, what, how, what do what you, do you think, think about, you know, this year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl hat? And, yeah. yeah, my uh, career I, definitely peaked at the start. And I, and I like to think that I've definitely um, done things that are less and less interesting to lots of people as I've got older. Um, except I think what we're doing now is kind of cool and really interesting. So, um, so I think that should give, give older people. Yeah, and also, let's be honest, you know, you, you, you learned so much from it that that's, you're going to be... Um, using daily and in, in, in your your work, work currently, exactly. um, that that makes you then more of a value add, if you will, uh, because yeah, you bring other disciplines into it. Um, so I, you know, for instance, like a previous guest, I had a guest that that talked about how they uh, used to work on um, um, nuclear operations, nuclear energy, um, and then combining that with design. Uh, yeah, it led to completely unique solutions. Um, so I can imagine it's the same, you know, where, um, you know, uh, financial engineering, if you can design it, it differently, uh, all of a sudden you, you get more, get traction, more traction, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I think so. And also you, you bring, yeah, you bring all these different parts of your experience and your background to the fore and you never quite know 
which of those things is going to create the point of difference and which of those things is going to really help your business in that moment but the brilliant thing is you've got them all in your toolkit yes exactly and then you know like you you especially if sme you know you're wearing a lot of hats at that same time um and then you know it's it's handy that you have actually worn or all of those hats, hats before, before. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, because of course like there's things that 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 we don't know um you know like we all have our areas that you know we're still learning uh, but but the more areas the, the better i think like you know this is where um you know we're talking about like t-shaped where it's like yeah you know like it's it's you know like specialist is one thing but you know having a a, a broad experience is, is also definitely helpful um yeah so uh, yeah tell me a bit more about predictive black so we are a machine learning based forecasting predictive forecasting software that we've created and we basically looked at the various forecasting software on the market and really felt that a lot, what a lot of them did in terms of financial forecasting was take an excel spreadsheet and give it a little bit of ux but didn't really do much more, but charged you, you know, 30 quid a month or a bit more for the for the privilege of using it and connected to some other software services and stuff. So whilst it was a step forward, it didn't really have it wasn't really a big leap in terms of the technology. So we wanted to do it differently and we wanted to hook up the power of machine learning and big data with clients' financial data to give them predictive forecasts that are based on their sector and critically uses the machine learning element to apply that knowledge to their own forecasts. So it sounds a lot more difficult, I guess, than it is, but actually it's a really nice way of, of making the client's data work harder for them rather than it's just an Excel spreadsheet with a little bit of you know glitz and glamour on the side. So we do that, which is direct for the for the clients. And we also have a service which supports uh, businesses that support other businesses. So whether they're lenders or investors or anyone who's got a multiple client base or interest, then we've got a version of it that works for those guys as well. Okay, yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, perfect explanation. Uh, again, you know, machine learning, especially, you know, like making use of data that, that customers already have. Um, and then stepping away from Excel, uh, unfortunately, I've seen the same myself. Where um, there's there's still still too many departments running entirely on, on Excel. Uh, more, more than we would like to have yes. acknowledge, yes. actually, I think Mark. I think that's and then the all challenge. the let's be honest, and on the whole NHS thing didn't really help. Um, Whereas like oh yeah, we lost <laughs> we lost like sixty five thousand records, I think. <laughs> Uh, because, yeah, because yeah, yeah, we, we ran, ran out, out of columns. columns. Uh, yeah, where, you know, I mean, that the... actually would have made all of us sort of in the software business or even connected to the software business hang our heads yes. in yes. absolute like what the hell went yes. on there. Yeah, you know, you go like, well, you know, like I, I thought like using access was bad, but, but yeah, but really Excel, Excel for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. I, I think a lot of people agree. And um, the only this is the good thing about, you know, like the, the current like disclosure system uh, these things now come out well if, if these things were done let's say i don't know 10 10 well, let's say even 10 years ago it wouldn't have come out, come out. yeah you um, wouldn't have it known. Would just be just... like you know polished away let's be honest uh, so that's great um 
So who's your main customer or target or firm target that firm you work with? So I think we've got three targets for us. So the first would be the finance director of, a, of an SME. And we're not talking about sole traders and micro enterprises. We're talking about SMEs with probably half a million plus turnover. So they're big enough to actually need something more sophisticated than an Excel spreadsheet, even if they don't quite know it yet. Um, so the finance directors are definitely in our sights. But increasingly, we've been talking to um, third parties such as lenders. So SME finance providers are hugely important to us because we connect to open banking and accounting software. So we can actually help lenders with their underwriting, their due diligence, their onboarding, and then over time, their, their, their own client relationships as well. You know, how will they know how to manage their own risk in their own book? Actually, if we're pulling in all their client data, that's, you know, we can really help them manage that risk. And then the third one would be for investors who are managing a portfolio of businesses. So they, like the lenders, are looking at performance in third party companies. So we have a specific product targeting those people. So, yeah, so finance directors, lenders and then investors would be our three main targets. OK, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great, you know, like uh, it's, it's good to have, the, you know, the potential for like different you know, uh, segments, if you will. Um, especially, let's be honest, in, in these times. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And actually, there's a brilliant there's a brilliant concept around um, founder heresy. So when you start a business and you start out thinking, yes, we're creating this product and it's going to be really exciting for that specific target audience, and we're going to go after those that target audience really hard. And this happened to us, and we went after a specific target audience, and we fell on stony ground. We couldn't mm -hmm. have been less appealing if we tried. So we had to after a little bit of head scratching yeah and you have to kind of look at yourselves and go well we either waste time carrying on targeting these people who who really are not interested in our product and that's yes, okay yes. and we need but we need to learn from that we need to say okay so why aren't they can we fix it yes or no should we think about something else and so very quickly you pivot to where you actually believe the product is best suited so that little moment as a founder where you kind of go oh I thought that, but sadly they don't like it. So I must, yeah, I must try a different tack. Exactly, the power of market research, where you go like, I, I thought that X would work, but actually it's Y. Um, I, I've been to a few pivots already, um, even being a, being small, a business. small business. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's and it's about the bravery to commit that moment of, you know, and they they call it founder heresy, but actually it is just about saying just because I said I was going after that target doesn't mean I always have to stick to it. You know, if new information comes to light, then change your mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, which is so funny because like uh, I, I basically uh, I started writing a book and then, you know, when you write it, uh, the funny part is actually reviewers and like, you know what, this is actually more suitable for the SME, the SME crowd. crowd. Yeah. And I was, I was like, like, well, well actually, actually I, I care more about the SME crowd. Okay. Um, so looks like you wrote, you wrote it on purpose, purpose like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, oh wow, that's, that's, that's really, really like revealing. Um, so yeah, I, I have a, 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 a draft to rewrite uh, <laughs> and potentially find <laughs> a new publisher <laughs> because now the, the audience for the book has completely changed uh, um, together with my services. So yeah, that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's what you have to do. You have to pivot, you know, um, um, uh, not with a couch in friends, friends uh, but uh, with your business. <laughs> Sorry, Although my daughter loves that show, there, right? <laughs> she uh, watches it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Um, so, what makes what you do 
different to the competition. So the big difference for us is that we bring in and we have a, a product called our industry analysis and we bring in macro market and sector economic data into the site. And we've got about two and a half billion data points that we are working with right now. And we look at uh, countries, and at the moment we're in the UK, but we're actively looking at the US and other countries that have got similar data structures. And we look at the the way the statistics are produced. So in, in the UK, it's the Office for National Statistics, and we all you know look at their GDP data and all the various different bits of data that's punted out. Then we use the standard industrial classification system. So when you look at our website, you can go into deep levels of data around every single sector. And for every sector, we produce an outlook and what we think their performance is going to be. We produce revenue, costs and cash charts. And we bring in data, for example, HMRC data around revenue and businesses in revenue band and number of employees in those revenue bands. We look at fuel prices, we look at FX spot prices, we look at tangible and intangible assets, uh, we look at SME lending on overdrafts and excluding overdrafts. So we, we bring in this enormous amount of data and then we put it into a format that is easily digestible, that tells you something meaningful about that sector. And then for our clients, we actually benchmark them and we create the predictive forecasts based on their sector. So if they are a care home provider, they are benchmarked and the machine will forecast their, their predictive cash position against the care home sector, not against the economy per se, against that sector. So I think, you know, I, I like to describe it and I had this brilliant piece of feedback the other day where I said to someone, you know, it's really, it's kind of the end of wishful thinking in your forecast. Yes, yes. And this guy goes, wow, that is the most buzzkill thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it makes sense, you know. It's like, yeah, it, it, you know, it's it, you know, if you have more data, um, you know, like you go beyond that, like you know, um, if it's like care homes, you go like, okay, you know, like a, a paper population age goes up, more people are retiring, pe more people will need care, but it's still, you know, your own interpretation of of what you see, and then basically depending on which papers you read. Exactly, that, but that, so that if we're few points already changes, but the more data, data points you have, the more complete it gets, and then it gets more complete. Like, oh, actually, you know, like, you know, like it's, it's not just a fault. So I can, I have facts to prove that yes. it says that care homes growth will be twenty three percent over five years because of X. And then if you're saying, so say you're an owner of a care home, and you're saying, well, I'm going to grow by an additional ten percent. Yes. And you're like, well, okay, so you're either ahead of or behind the projected or predicted growth for that sector. Why? You know, and yes, if yes. you're ahead, why do you think you can beat the sector norms? You know, your your sector is benchmarking, let's say, a loss of 5%, but you're saying you're going to grow by 10%. How is that a thing? So, yes. Like, what are you doing differently for you to justify that? That, for instance, like, you know, like if, if you're talking about lending, like, okay, you know why? Why do you need this extra loan for, let's say, five million? Uh, uh, you know, like what? What are you basing it on that that you can basically go from from negative to positive growth? That kind of exactly. Kind of, uh, exactly. Yeah, so really yeah, so powerful. Really powerful. Um, um, yeah, yeah, and then of, and course, of course, you know, course, you know uh, everybody, everybody knows, knows uh, how the economy is and what it is right now. So uh, a very topical, topical question. question. It is, how would and you actually, describe it just the economic landscape for SMEs right now. 
Well, I think SMEs, generally speaking, if you looked at the data we look at, it gives you a slightly odd view of the world. So if I look at the revenue and the cash position of a lot of SMEs, it's artificially inflated by access to effectively free money through the B-bills and the C-bill scheme earlier this year. So if you look at the deposits in any given sector, they look pretty good. But if you look at the future revenue forecasts in a lot of sectors, they look dire. And, you know, it's really difficult then to to really get into an individual sector and say, okay, I think you will bounce back because. And if you look at, let's say, uh, soft play centres, you know, they are a lot of them had started to come back. They'd they'd really and they're usually, you know, owner managed. There's not huge chains generally of those sorts of businesses. And they're usually a passion project. Somebody in the local area, generally, you know, mums who managed to get some investment was a you know generalization, but they are they tend to be owner managed by those sorts of people. And they are in real trouble, actually. You know, they they may not be reopened fully by the time their debt falls due. So they're going to be looking at, well, how do I then stay afloat? How do I stay open? So I think, and that's one example of an SME in a specific sector, and that is multiplied across the economy. And, you know, the unemployment figures, they're going to go up, obviously. Um, Businesses, whilst they're still opening in terms of there's still new business being created, there will be a lot of businesses who won't who won't make it past Christmas. So I think the January figures, I think post the end of this year, are going to be quite salutary. Yeah, especially like you said, you know, things like soft play, uh, events business, uh, arts, arts um, yeah. uh, they're, they're all suffering. Um, and yeah, but it, it's kind of sad because um, you know, like a lot of people, of course. Like put their whole, you know, being, if you will, yeah. into, into their business. Uh, yeah, their life uh, savings. You know, there's a lot of small businesses who act as guarantors on their own finances, and yes. you know yes. that's that's a t- that's a terrifying position to be in. So, I think whilst there's some good news in terms of certain sectors are performing well, I don't think there's there's an enormous amount of positivity at the lower end of the SME market. You know, I think people will be doing everything they can to stay in business, but there'll come a point where the old cut your losses is really going to be the mindset and how much more debt can these businesses take on? Yes, yes, yes. So when, when you know, it's better to say, hey, we stop and we restart. Stop and restart, yeah. I feel I've got yeah. quite depressing, Mark, actually. Yes, I feel I know, I've, I know, I feel I've know, really know, let well, you down yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and this is like on the other end, you know. Um, you know, if you go like, oh, you know, like these debts don't work because, you know, um, especially, you know, at the lower end, you know, you you said it yourself uh, that there was like you know there's loans available, but but you know like for instance grants, if they were available, you know they might have paid for months of rent. Yeah, uh, exactly. But then if you yeah, if the economy shuts down for six nine months twelve months, um, that's not enough. Um, so really, if it was up to me, um, and I was MP, I'd be like, hey, you know what, um, we need to make it easier for for people to restart. And yes. We, we bet effectively saying then you know like these 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 loans, loans become, become grants, grants. Mm-hmm. but but longer term can can we afford the other option where it's like if we don't do that and then we lose five years of of, of potential you know sme sector sector being hollowed out yeah i mean on the flip side because there are a large number of businesses the larger businesses who are taking the opportunity to shrink 
and you know reducing their overall cost base either because they don't need the offices anymore or they've realized they can work remotely with fewer people you know what is quite heartening is there is a lot of creativity out there so whether it's you know we we started our businesses pre the pandemic obviously but you know there will be people out there listening who think well maybe now is a good time you know what else is there for me and if now i can't go about and create this business that i really want to create when else will i you know maybe the flip side of this will be people will feel emboldened to take a risk yeah yeah, yeah. and then also let's be honest that the, the last economic crisis um they, there were lots of, let's say, um, um, unicorns, unicorns built. Yeah, totally, uh, totally. Uh, yeah, so you have to be positive in a, in a way, to be fair. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, the companies will die. Uh, but then, you know, I hope by, uh, let's say, mid next year, um, a lot of those, those those people will come back in a different form. Because yeah, I, think it's, so. it's, I think it's all it's also about a lifestyle. Where it's it's like owning your own business. Um, it, it, yeah, yes, it gives stress, but there's there's a lot of freedom that comes with it. Uh, so uh, I'm not worried that that we're also gonna lose a lot of entrepreneurs. They just will come back in a different shape. Uh, I think they will. I think they will. Um, so uh, yeah, that that's the was the. <laughs> The, the you know the the thing on everybody's mind right now um, but what does your future hold for predictive black so we are well we were the beneficiary of a grant actually this summer um so we were we received an innovate grant which really helped us uh, produce part of our service which is a scenario planning functionality to help people get a better grip on you know the various different scenarios that they need to whether that's how much does it cost me to furlough people whether it's you know can i can i take on extra clients what would that look like do i need more people being positive so yeah so we we've launched that properly last month so we are just at the moment working on our client acquisitions if anybody needs some forecasting software that's listening hit me up um working on our client acquisition and yeah just kind of really pushing hard this side of christmas to get clients on board yeah and and, and that's the way to do it uh, and it sounds like a you know great opportunity getting the grant um, um i know a lot of people applied for it so, so it's always great to you know, uh, yeah, to meet getting someone who actually got that, some. You know, that <laughs> obviously, um, you know, um, the, the government recognised that that, that um, you know, it, you know, there is something unique there, um, and yeah, yeah, client acquisition, yeah, um, it, you know, you have to like go out and, and especially in the beginning, get, get those first clients. Um, that they they're not going to come to you. Uh, you have to come to them. Then uh, this is the good part, you know, with with, with everybody being remote. Uh, there's no, you know, fancy outside sales of people anymore where you go to a restaurant and then, um, you know, buy them. You're just day. teasing me with that memory now. Um, and then, uh, you know, like, you know, go to the golf course and be like, you know, um, um, make sure that the client wins. Uh, <gasps> so one, day. one day, one uh, day. Yeah, uh, that, that, that one day will get back. But I think, uh, you know, the, the, the whole opportunity means that, you know, things they're using like video um, means that that's, I think more companies, more SMEs actually got the opportunity, uh, get the opportunity to compete with the big boys, if you will. Yeah, I think uh, so. And actually, yeah. I think the, the I mean, LinkedIn is brilliant for this and meeting new people and connecting with people and making sure you use your LinkedIn network really sensibly and not being afraid to say, hey, can I take 15 minutes or half an hour of your time just to show you what we're doing and, and, and reciprocate if somebody asks you to do the same, you know. So I think... 
in a sense, it's become a bit more democratic. You know, it's less about who you know. It's more about do you have a persuasive message for people that is, helps them give up some of their day to talk to you? Uh, yeah, and then the, 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 yeah, this is uh, why, uh, you know, a lot of people prefer LinkedIn because um, they go like, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, somebody posting, I just I made just new cake. cake. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, like, with Facebook, and you go like, I don't need a cake. I want yeah. enough calories for today. Uh, so you go like, oh, you know, well, with LinkedIn, at least you go like, hey, you know, um, I have this new idea. Let me talk to I don't know twenty MDs on LinkedIn and then find out what they think and if if, the, is the, if there's any meat there, um, uh, or you know whether you know the idea is maybe not ready for the limelight yet. Or, you know, they could be like, oh, this is an idea, but actually uh, you're five years five too years early. early. Yeah. Um, uh, then that could also be the case. Um, and then you know, there's the, the different dynamics at play as well. You know, of course, a lot of people go back to core services. So maybe what you're supplying is not currently that necessary. Um, but then it's a question of like maintaining those relationships. So when the economy recovers, you will be the first one on, on you know, in their phone. Yeah, and I think that the idea of using it to, you know, the, the parlance of pay it forward a little bit is really important. So there's a lot of people who are starting out who are doing really interesting things on LinkedIn. And it's about giving them that moment and that opportunity. You know, I hope I hope I do that with people who connect with me on LinkedIn. And, you know, I'd like the same to be reciprocated. So I do think there is that. I think there's more of that on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, like the LinkedIn uh it keeps nurturing that um um because yeah that, that's that, let's be honest that's the usp <laughs> um so uh, talking about linkedin how can people get in touch with you so they can find me on linkedin obviously go hit me up on linkedin um there's not many zetas actually so when you start to type in zeta you generally will find me um which is both a blessing and a curse i think it's <laughs> <laughs> a strategic naming though, you know like, i know right my parents really got that right they were like what can we do that means she will never be able to do any graffiti Yes. and people will always remember her and i'm like thanks yeah, for that yeah, yeah. and the and other thing, thing is like you could be like you know like your parents could be like you could have said hey you know like why did you not call me predictive yeah exactly but then the problem is probably high school wouldn't have been that well that would have been that would have made my life even harder so i grew up in wales and there's no z in the welsh language so i grew up in a country where my name can't exist so yeah so i think it would have been even crueler of them to do to go beyond that yeah i didn't even know that see i learned something new as well yeah, exactly. So yeah, so uh, hit me up on LinkedIn or you can find me on our website. Yes, yes, yes. and that's predictiveblack.com. Okay, yes. Um, so out of questions, uh, what could governments around the world do better to help small businesses grow? So I would go back to the grant idea, actually, and you mentioned this, Mark, and, you know, so we were a beneficiary of a grant. I think there is a real reluctance from an SME's perspective to take on too much debt. And debt shouldn't always be the answer. So I think it can be part of the answer of your overall financial um, package. And maybe I'm focused on it because I'm in a financial software business. But I think if there were more grants available that was both encouraging from a strategic perspective for the economy, but also they were accessible for SMEs to go find it. And yes, it's competitive. Then I think that would feel a bit less burdensome 
actually a bit more encouraging yeah yeah no no definitely grants uh, and let's be honest you know like uh, if the if governments can subsidize um you know multinationals, uh, multinationals. Uh, yeah like, like, you know you know like advantaged tech situations then why can't governments like Litchi at, at a international level you know decide together hey, you know what um we, we, we're gonna we're still gonna give them deals but those kid deals are gonna be one percent less. less yes and Litchi say um you know like if you want to do business in these 68 countries or whatever um you need to sign here um that that you know you're not going to use it against us and actually you will come off better because you will say that that you're reducing your tax deal because you will want to help support small medium businesses yeah i mean uh, I so would they be... can make it into a pr, PR exercise, exercise as well, as well without yeah. That, yeah i mean i would be as a business that hopes to grow and scale and go international etc in the next five years i would be very happy to pay a percentage of tax called an innovation tax yes. that yes. funds future innovations so you know so we're we're using technical innovation for our product we couldn't have existed a few years ago so why not have things that oh, it's not it's a bit old-fashioned to call it like a tithe but you know i would happily contribute to my successes like who's coming behind us in this technological space why not why not be more creative in that in that system rather than you know the tax system is so complex but it's not really helping anyone no no and then this is great you bring it up as well yeah this is like one of my pet projects that i'm working as well with the uh, institute of directors, directors. yeah um, so I'm like working on like um, a doing a symposium next year, uh, but also like reaching out to to um, schools and universities, and then um, you know have like bold plans where uh, you vitalize the high street, do like local innovation hubs, and then use all of that to find the new. Um, CEOs of like the like gym sharks, sharks of the world. Of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to be voting know, like for the prime minister more, in a few uh, years, uh, Mark. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna help myself here uh, probably uh, but we need uh, less gray men and uh, more people uh, that look like people um, on the street um, because if you see entrepreneurs that are successful and they look like you um, and they come from the same background you know what then you know like if you see that and you go through that to, even at a high school level already um, then you enter a situation where, um, you know, the people leaving high school, they would be like, oh yeah, no, I can be a footballer or I can try to like get into good university. Um, they will see that there's a third part, which is like entrepreneurial. Um, and I think that's where not only UK to be fair, uh, but um, other countries as well, that they need to do more um, because we need to be growing the new companies of the future we need to grow the new multinationals of the future yeah and, i would uh, say though go, I mean, goes back to something you mentioned is that you know there, there doesn't need to be um not every entrepreneur needs a degree qualification so so university is not the place lots of universities not all lots of universities are not the place for entrepreneurs to be born so i, I you know i see a lot of 
high school students who have got that entrepreneurial vision and ambition, yes, yes. but then they lose it a little bit because they say, oh, well, I've got to go get a degree just in case it doesn't work out. And I'll need to tick that box because yes, the machine yes. algorithm that recruitment uses says you must have a degree or you don't pass this first stage. And, and it makes me so cross because I'm yes, thinking, yes. well, why? You know, I don't have a degree. Um, so I wouldn't get most of the jobs advertised on LinkedIn right now because it says, you know, must have a degree. And I'm like... I don't get one. I know. I, I, I have the same, same situation. situation. I don't have I don't a degree have myself. myself. Um, We're not so doing too badly. If, bad I, if, I, if I would be starting <laughs> right now, I wouldn't get a job. Yeah. Simply. Um, that would We'd be have like, to hire oh, each you other. Know, you finished high school. Um, like, why are you why even you sending, sending in your CV? Your CV? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is so sad. And then, yeah, that, that's why, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, like uh, things that I was doing with, with, with UCL and such, um, it, it's like, you know, it, there's lots of people that don't even get to university because, for instance, they they are taking on responsibilities for the family, but they're actually absolutely brilliant. But because they're not meeting the right people, quote unquote, um, you know, they they already get basically uh, they give up before you know um, they start. Um, I, I'm trying to find up the you know the nice uh, saying about like a horse horse bolt at the barn that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it, 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 yeah, it makes me sad, you know, like I, I, there's going to be, you know, we were talking about like, you know, like, um, deprived neighbors and whatever, and like, and think about it differently. Don't, don't talk about deprived to think about, you know, like find those people and, 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 you know, and get them thinking like crazy as in like, you know, they release their creativity. Um, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So that, that's, that's a one of the pet projects I'm working on. Um, uh, uh, one day you hope that like turns into, um, you know, like a, a massive thing. Um, but yeah, uh, I need to clone myself or find a way. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, the grants and such. Like... Uh, it's good as well. I, I actually applied for that grant as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't get in, but yeah, it's one of those things, of course. It's uh, a very competitive process. Yes. yes. Um, so, so if a budding entrepreneur would, would ask you, ask you for, for one piece of advice, advice what, would, what it would it be? Follow what interests you, not what's trendy and popular. What interests you? Because it's really, really hard work. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, I, the, 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 the thing that I always said is like, and, and it's not my own quote, of course. Everybody says it like, if, if like if we're, if you do what you love and it's your passion, whatever, then it's it's not work. Yeah, um, and, I and I think like like, like personally, personally, I'm an example. example you know, like, like I've, I've been, been in cybersecurity before the cybersecurity. I had a, like, like a neighbor that was like the head of calculation center. That tells you enough about my age. To be fair, I started when I was nine, so I don't have to be that hard on myself. But yeah, you know, like I came from an area where when I was initially young and on the internet. You know, like Fidonet or something. I remember at one point. I don't know if it was Fidonet or maybe before that. Um, there were like uh, there were 253 people on the on that version of the internet. Wow. Uh, so uh, everybody so knew each other. And then uh, they're like, um, yeah, people are not. That's not going to be evil people because we know everyone. Doesn't and stay like, that way. You know, like, like that, that quote that... has been immortalized uh, because, of course, you know, some people of those 200 something people wrote it down. <laughs> Yeah, uh, exactly. and then you know, like uh, you know, you had virus that happened. Uh, like Morris Worm was one of the first ones. Um, but yeah, it's just funny because um, 
the cool thing is that you know um, a lot of nerds made it possible that that uh, everybody can use the internet uh, but that also means that literally everyone everybody can, use, can use it yeah i mean i think uh, so yeah, so, so I, uh, I would say it's not always just about your passion so i'm passionate about lots and lots and lots of things but they wouldn't make me any money so i think you know you for, so for me it's more about following your interest because if you're okay, if yeah, you start your business and you're not interested in either the people you're trying to serve or the product you're creating then you will not commit the hours necessary and the brain power necessary and the sheer doggedness to try and get it off the ground. Yes, so, yes. you know, if I follow my passion, I'd be out doing all sorts of weird and wonderful. I'd probably be writing really bad books, Mark. There you go. Yeah, That's yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you can always try it. I could try it, but it's not going to make like, me any like, money. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, like you had, had books in Netherlands, where, which like children's books, which like uh, uh, um, the, the bear books, which was like, um, so you can, so you can recognize, recognize in library. library. Oh, yeah. What I'm trying to say is like, like you know, you could be like, like the predictive, predictive series. series. I could, couldn't uh, I? Could and then it that. could be like, uh, I don't know, like a leap magnet. But then you could do like one of those interactive books where, where you just choose your own adventure. adventure. <gasps> That'd be nice. And then That'd actually nice. uh, what, uh, you, what do, you do, you secretly then, you know, create a second copy or something where you actually predict what they choose. What they're going to say. It's like magic. <laughs> and then the people will be like, wow, you can I think do I'll that. stick and to the day job for now. Like, hey, actually, actually, I can, I can do that with your data. data. <laughs> <laughs> Completely <laughs> different, different lead magnet, sorry. sorry. Completely uh, different. Bit of a nerd moment there. Um, so, yeah, then the last thing was like, if you had a magic wand, what would you want to make happen? And you can only pick one thing. You can replicate it 5,000 times or 5 million times or a whole planet, but unfortunately, you can only pick one thing. <laughs> So I would really like to do something funny, but, um, and I think you'll appreciate this, but childhood food poverty depresses me no end. And it is, it ought not to be a thing. Children should not be going to bed hungry, no matter where they are. And, you know, in, in rich countries like the UK and the Netherlands, where children are, are in f food poverty through no fault of their parents necessarily and i really hate the generalization where you know the welfare state says actually parents are just making poor choices nonsense yes. you know no, that no, is nonsense, absolute yes, yes. that is absolute nonsense yeah. um so if i could wave my magic wand i would end childhood food poverty yes, yes. yeah that, that's really good because again you know like it, it's, it's just uh, one thing like pointing at parents you know like parents especially now in the, in, in, in these times um, I, I personally know parents that we're doing absolutely fine before, but because of a combination of circumstances, now they they you know like the not on poverty level, but they're literally just scraping by. Um, you know, and you can't say you know like you should have been better. It's like, well, yeah, actually, I I actually can't control the economy, that kind of thing. Exactly, uh, exactly. That's the, that's the, that's thing, the thing, you know, like with, with, with all of this, um, and then uh, what kind of signal do you a want to give to those parents that that the kids go hungry and, yeah. and b what do you want to say to those kids that their government that that, that they're going to be future taxpayers in is actually uh, not even stepping in to make sure that they're going to go to bed hungry it's nice uh, like exactly you know and i think the 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 thing that i hope you know for those children who are experiencing it and are old enough to understand that it's not their parents fault then maybe we will see a generation of children grow up to be immensely powerful activists yes, and yes. not correct the mistakes we made. You know, I really hate that where somebody says, oh, the next generation is going to, you know, change yes, the yes, yeah, yeah. You know, environment or whatever. No, we should be doing all of that for ourselves and making yes, it yes. less bad. 
but you know maybe maybe they'll have a fire inside them that says not again you know it can't happen to another generation and so we'll go into politics to stop it you know that that would be an awesome response yes, yes. Yeah, exactly you know like um, and yeah and to be honest this is my personal opinion uh, there uh, you know like the whole two, two, party, two party system, system also, also. <laughs> yeah no I'm, it just, sucks. I'm just so used to like a, a um yeah, you know, like the, the Netherlands version of, of a government where you have all parties participating. Yeah. Um, much. See, we tried a coalition, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, I know, and it's filled. And, uh, I know, I know. Um, it wasn't brilliant for us, but I agree. Yeah. I would much prefer that system. Because, you know, Germany Germany seems to soldier on really well with a coalition. You guys do. Denmark does. You know, it's like, it's it's not an unheard of system. It's just that the UK is really wedded to this old yeah, school yeah, way of yeah. thinking. And this is actually what, what I think is... It sounds weird. Great about this this whole pandemic is that as it's it's rocking the system so much that it, it's creating let's say the necessary momentum for things to change. I'm not saying that the WP that UK stops the two party system, but could you add that to your list as well? A lot of things that were never questioned before. I agree, but on your list of you know saving the world and all the other stuff you're going to do, could you put that on there as well? That'd be great. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, I'll, uh, to be fair, I'll bring it up. But uh, like my local MP, um, um, uh, which is Dominic Rob, yeah, I think he probably you know when I say that he just goes like I'm going to ignore what this guy says. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to bury my head in the sand and hope he goes away. Yeah, and this is the funny part because I I still get emails from the conservatives like donate, and it's like okay, but yeah. Uh, which is funny. Um, um, anyway, anyway, I don't want to make it too much of a political podcast. Yeah. Uh, too late for that. <laughs> too late. We went there. Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, 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 so I, I think yeah, that, that that's it. Um, anything else that you want to uh, share with our listeners? No, I just think I think for for any SME that's listening, I hope you're okay, and I hope you're you come through this better than okay, and. If it's not in the business you're in today, that you have the inspiration to do it again. Yes, and that's a great you know um, um, segment to end on. Um, so thank you for your time, Sita. Uh, thank you, Mark. I, I hope you listening at uh, listening at home uh, or on your surfboard in the car, on the ground. Uh, although to be fair, nobody, not a lot of people in the tube right now. Um, uh, on a volcano, um, on a tropical island, which would be nice sometimes. Um, is enjoying this. Um, if you have any more questions, then uh, feel free um, to contact me and I'll see you next episode. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show and I look forward to having you tune in again next episode. See you next time.